Steve, I, I want to let everyone know that you are currently just a master of master of all trades. You are currently hosting a podcast and cooking. What are you cooking? I I gotta go with the recipe. I'm co- I'm just cleaning up. It was all you're, set up oh you're cleaning up. Okay. I, no no I'm I'm cooking, but I'm I was put in a position to succeed. Everything was on the oven. I'm just turning it on. Thai coconut pork meatballs. Thai coconut pork meatballs. Um. So I'm just warming up after the. Are those, I feel like that's a Trader Joe's find. Is that a? That's a that's a Hello Fresh find. Apparently, ah, we've been on the Hello okay. Fresh kick lately. All right, All which right. I am somewhat supportive of, but somewhat not. So some other day we'll talk about that. Okay. All right. Um. All right. Well, anyways, this is the Stuff Summers says podcast with Chef Steve. Chef Steve today. Chef Steve. Um. Steve, your voice sounds all right, but my voice I feel like sounds a little hoarse compared to how it normally is. I think you got ripped off. I didn't see the big truck full of lozenges anywhere. I, I, I'm very upset. I, I was told. As you should be. I was told by the head football coach of Penn State University that Monday morning he would probably buy some people some halls or Sunday morning. I don't have halls. so I believe I, I think someone dropped the ball there. There weren't many turnovers in the game, but that was clearly a fumble. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steve, we've got, a, as always, excellent show. We're going to spend most of our time discussing this weekend's game not this weekend upcoming this week and past because it's past one. well you know and then i want to i went downtown and i want to i want to just discuss my quick trip downtown also slash to the creamery um and then um we got some news today steve go ahead go ahead no no go ahead i get to it go ahead okay and then, and then we got some news today about um a kickoff time that i know you're super excited about um and <laughs> old guy young guy is going to be an interesting one so are you ready? Yep. Do you want to say what you want to say now or are you saving it for later? No, I think it's going to come up later, so I'm good. Okay. Um, well, I don't know if you know this, but Penn State played in a football game this weekend. Um, I was there. Yeah, you were there. I was there for three quarters of the game, literally. And um, they played Auburn, and they beat Auburn 28-20. to And I have to say, I was very pleased, and I think you were also very pleased. Am I correct? Yes. It was, a, it was what they should have well, not what they should have done. They played well. It was a good game. It was a fun game. It was a great atmosphere. It was a good night in Beaver Stadium. Made the whole day worthwhile. Um, all right. So let's let's just start from the beginning and, and then we'll we'll work our way to the game. So game day was in town. Um Saquon was the guest picker, which it it I didn't think he was going to be the guest picker. And then like I had like an epiphany at like three o'clock on Friday, like, oh, he just played the game last night, so he's free. So this makes sense. Um, I kind of think Saquon was everywhere this weekend, though, because I saw him in like McClan, like I saw video of him in McClanahan's. I saw him eating chicken baskets on the sidelines. Um, are you happy that Saquon was the guest picker? He was the right picker. Yeah, like I think he was certainly the right pick. I, I would not have been upset if at the end of his segment, Charles Barkley shows up and walks in, right, or something. Or it would have been funny, or been like funny. zoomed in, even. Right, like yeah, no, he he was the right person. Um, I mean, I just totally had forgotten that he played on Thursday night, and that that would have, that made sense. So no, he was the right guy. I mean, he, 
he was the right guy for the fan base. It was not the most compelling TV when he was there. Like, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't like he was holding court or having, but he's a pro football player, shared his expertise, shared his, his passion and experiences at Penn State. So yeah, he was the right guy all the way around. Did you go to game day? I did not. We watched it on TV. Okay. We watched um, it in our lot. It, do you, have you ever gone to game day? Have you ever done that experience? Yep. Yeah. Do you feel like also feel like it's a, like a, you do it once and then you're good experience. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of patience involved, right? Like yeah. I mean, the highlight is the pat, the final 15 minutes and the first 15 minutes and then everything in between, you're just waiting to get to yeah. after you get there and you get hiked up. Like I, it's a lot of waiting. It's like hurry up and wait and stand around and, but it's worth doing. Like if you've never gone before, you should go and take in the circus and, and see the signs and whatever else. So we saw many signs wander by our tailgate, which was great. And one that didn't wander back and had it wandered back, I would have attempted to purchase from the kid, but it didn't come back by us. But um, yeah, it's a great experience. Do you want to share what that said? It was, and I'm not, this is old guy, young guy. I'm not cool enough to know where this fits, but it was like a meme picture of James Franklin, like holding hands or arm around a Penn State cheerleader, but looking at a USC cheerleader. I just thought it was cute. All right. That's yeah, I know fun. that's your face. Yeah. Way that's to go. Steve, but yes. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. So let's move on. How was your tailgate? Do you have a good tailgate on Saturday? We had a good tailgate. It went quickly. It was eventful. We probably had, I don't know, not everybody signed the book. We have an attendance register. Not everybody signed that we got that visited and popped in. We were probably close to like 85, somewhere. Oh, people, are you some popular? Point wow. During the day. Well, they, they, like the kids come through with their friends. Uh -huh. Like it's like a migratory thing. It's like birds. They come in and hang out for a while and then they blow on to someplace else. Okay, and we met um, we met Auburn fans, which was nice. We had I, nice Auburn fans. I, I was going to ask about that. Did uh, I did not interact with any Auburn fans, really, other than like a hello type thing or a head nod type thing? Did you get to interact with any Auburn fans? Yeah, we had actually some people ended up coming to the tailgate for about an hour, and everybody that went by, we said hello and welcome to town. And I, we're going down next year, so I was looking for advice and places to go besides Tumors Corner and whatever else. They were happy to make the trip. Um, I mean, I'm sure there were some knuckleheads in their group, but the ones we saw were good. And, and the ones we asked said, you know, they had some people that were kind of, you know, knuckleheads back to them. But for the most part, everybody was very welcoming and happy to be here. And I think that was just, it's just different, right? It wasn't Ohio State. It wasn't Michigan. It was somebody, it wasn't somebody that's a rival or anything. It was kind of a fun intersectional yeah. game. Um, and they thought downtown State College was big. Which was interesting. That's so like, like our downtown isn't as big as yours. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, it's two, it's pretty much two blocks and that's, right, right. that's it. I guess but it's it was, probably the new tall buildings that they're like, right. oh. Well, that's true. But it was, it wasn't, we had good interactions. Okay. Pleasant, All right. Whatever else. Um, uh, the next step in the process, of course, is arriving to the game. And I arrived late to the game, uh, which I'll get to that in a second. But I heard some horror stories about getting to the game. It was a bit of a, for lack of a better term, a bit of a CF. Um, was it a CF for you or did you uh, have a good experience? Cause I, you did text me about this. So getting, getting to the parking lot's not a problem. Cause we're not in the stadium lots, right? Like we park on campus and whatever. Right, else. right. Getting in the stadium. Yeah. Like I just, I got an email for feedback this week, this week, every once in a while, you know, you season ticket holder, you get your feedback <laughs> yeah. stuff. And they asked about ticketing and access to the stadium. Like we went a little early for us, which I don't think was a mistake. But which, I, what, how, what's your ballpark range of normal? And then what was a little early? We were there like there was still 75 minutes to go on the scoreboard clock when we were walking, okay. which okay. is a lot. I'd rather yeah. be like 40, right? And then until I wander up top, it's whatever. Um, no, my feedback was, and, and, you know, and I had to do the math. I've been 
taken a ticket into that game for 35 years, taking, the ticket, taking a ticket into the stadium for 35 years. So far this season in two games, the mobile ticketing process has been less efficient because I know my ticket wasn't scanned the first week and slower because this week now they had everybody a thing and made sure and checked. And it was just slower. Like there's no way ripping my ticket or scanning it with a barcode was slower than what we did Saturday. So I have heard similar stories from similar people. And I, I wanted, the reason I was asking this, cause I wanted to see maybe if other people are listening, if they can tweet us or whatever. Um, when we walked up to the stadium, we walked up, we were at my sister's wedding. We left the wedding, got there at the end of the, the roughly end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. And we're walking up, walking into the gate and my first ticket doesn't scan. And I was like, what? Like how, because this is the first time I've scanned one of these tickets now. And it just kind of felt weird to me that there was no one, like there was nobody else at the gate. It was the people like the, other than the people waiting and, and checking and, and whatever. It was weird to me that my first ticket didn't scan. Then the second one scanned, then I had to go back and scan the first one. And it's just odd to me that 2021 technology is not figured out. Like it, I know that's just a tiny experience, but I've heard from other people that it was Saturday was worse than a normal whiteout on getting into the stadium. Um, was there somebody there when you scanned it? Like somebody at the yeah. stand? Okay. Yeah. And, and he was like, you need to scan it again. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Like I didn't. Well, see, week one, they didn't have someone at every one of our stands at whatever, whatever week one, gate A. There wasn't a person at every stand. There was one at every other stand. Right. So, like, you could scan it. And if it didn't scan and nobody was watching, you could walk right in. Now, for me, I paid, they have my money. So if it didn't scan, I'm not feeling really guilty. I just know the difference in paid tickets that they're announcing and actually scanned is less. Right. This week, there was somebody at every kiosk, which means you're not saving any money because you got people working there. The technology's not helping yeah. you out. It's slowing stuff down. Like it was just, I, I don't think I'm an outlier that way. And I don't think you other people are outliers, right? I think that's just what it was. Yeah, I don't know. That was, that was weird. Um, all right. So also I do want, I just do want to share this experience because it was bizarre world. I have never, I've been a Penn state fan since I was in the womb. I have never been outside of Beaver stadium while the game is going on. And it was so weird. It's amazing how eerie the tailgating lots get during the game and during that whole process. Yeah, because nobody's there. Because no one is there. And what was also weird was what being very sober and watching people walk the other direction away from the stadium who were not sober. That was <laughs> that was a bizarro experience. Um, it was neat to see the fireworks from the outside that they shot the fireworks off after the first touchdown. Yeah. And, and that was kind of cool. Like you don't you you don't get to see that experience side of the fireworks very often other than in photos. So it was neat to, that's something I'm never going to forget about Saturday. Um, so yeah, um, got to the seat, felt good to be back in Beaver stadium. Um, all right, so let's get to the game. Um, so overall, I personally believe that was Sean Clifford's best performance as a Penn state athlete. Do you agree? Yeah. Cause what he missed two passes in the second half. Yeah. I mean, one even, it, no, I'm not someone who gets annoyed by player of the week things and, and when people get slighted, but the fact that he was not offensive player of the week in the big 10 is just 
asinine to me. He played a perfect game on Saturday. He genuinely played one of the best football games I've ever seen somebody play on on Saturday. Did did everything he was supposed to do. Didn't didn't have to be a hero. Made a couple really nice passes. But at the same time, no mistakes, steady, steady, more, much more than any implied game manager stuff. Like, I'm not saying that. Like, he, he was, he was really good. Like, he did what he was supposed to do. He's not, he wasn't all American, wow, you good, but he was top 10, top six now, team's quarterback good who doesn't make mistakes. He got a little jumpy in the second quarter, and I turned around and said to a friend, he looks jumpy. He just needs to take a take a breath. And I don't know if it was if it was the John Dotson play catch that he made, if it was something, he it just seemed to settle him in. And and once he settled in, you knew that like he was gonna be okay. Um, and it was just kind of making sure everybody else took care of what they need to take care of. Yep. Um I thought I think you know he had a lot of great throws. I thought the, the, the pass where Jahan Dotson made, made the one-handed grab was incredible. Um, but I think, and, and even the, the touchdown to Theo uh, or Brendan was, was great. And, and some of the reads that he made on the multiple deep throws of the tight ends were great. But I think the play that I'm going to remember the most from Saturday is he's standing at his two yard line. He sees that Jahan Dotson is standing out there one-on-one coverage and just decided to throw it up and let it let him get the pass interference mm-hmm. call because he that you knew he was not like I knew as soon as he threw that ball he was not trying to complete the catch there he was trying to draw that penalty and just like the the smartness to make that was amazing to me. I, I think the intelligence the intelligence was the big thing. There was no there were no stupid plays. There was no rushing. There was no trying to do more than he has to do. This, there's there's a lot of talent in all the skill positions, and he's talented, but he doesn't have to carry the team. He just needs to make sure he makes all the good makes good decisions and doesn't make mistakes. And he he did that. That's exactly that's a great way to word it. Um, anything else stand out to you on the offensive side of the, of the ball? The line apparently can block. Yeah, um, which was nice. I mean, he had a couple of times. There was a lot of time back there, so that was that was good as well. Um, I think Tyler Warren is now my number two favorite Penn State player. Um, because my God, that, that touchdown was just one of the funniest, most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like it was caught everybody off guard. Um, like I was absolutely stunned when he jumped that high and was able to get into the end. So, cause I went back and like watched the replay of that. I didn't realize how far he was out. Like he was at the solid two when he jumped and took off. No. And Um, and there's some of that that feels like they're almost doing it, not doing it for fun. They're showing you stuff, but like, you know, to throw a kid out there that does that, you but you just feel that, that not that Yersich has been here for all of the, the the fullback stuff and the offense stuff and the whatever else, but you feel like sometimes they're having a little fun while they're doing yeah. it, which is good for them. Yeah. Um, I thought they went under a center, speaking of fullback and all that, I thought they went under center a lot, um, mm-hmm. which I thought it seemed like it worked. Um, I will say my biggest gripe with all of Saturday was the fact that, once again, Penn State had an opportunity to close out the game with the ball in their hands and they couldn't get it done. And that is, it's bit them in the ass before it bit them in the ass in the Rose bowl. It, it, I'm just afraid that it's going to bite them in the ass again. down the road, Yeah. I mean, right they, they were, they were having not done that. They were a call that goes the wrong way from, from being at least only right. one point ahead as opposed to, you know, overtime for sure. Right. Yeah. Like I, that, that's something you probably want them to be able to do. Yeah. 
Um, that that's that's that that was the only thing Saturday that frustrated me, uh, except for one play on defense. Um, but if you're figuring that out from a three and zero record as opposed to whatever, it doesn't feel. Yeah, like no, that's that's very nitpicky. Still there. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So the one play that annoyed me. That Brandon Smith dropped interception. That happened. That happened. That happens right in front of us because that's our sideline and our end zone. That's that is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I think. <laughs> and I was like, the whole time the game's going on, I was like, please don't come back to haunt us. Please don't come back to haunt us. Please don't come back to haunt us. And then he goes out and he wins Big Ten Player of the Week on on defense, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. No offense to him. Thought Jaquan Brisker probably had a better game. But uh, again, this defense, I feel very safe in it. Yeah, there's a lot of playmakers there. That's what makes it fun, you know. And, and I thought he was going to make that one, but, you know, and it didn't come back and bite him, which is good. But, yes, I thought for sure that was going to be the start of a of an early closeout of things in some ways, and it just wasn't. Yeah, I think if it if he scores that touchdown, the, the second half was going to be real ugly, especially with the, the opening play that was the, the true drop fumble. Um, right. Which was interesting. Um, that was one of the loudest I've ever, times I've ever heard Beaver Stadium on mm-hmm. Saturday. Yep, um, I agree. Consistently one of the loudest games. Probably not the loudest time I've ever heard it. I still think 2016 against Ohio State was the end of that game. Was Yes. You could hear. It's probably true. Anyone think. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought it, Saturday was like a very – there was a lot that happened in that game. And, and we're saving the most important thing for the last year, obviously. Um, there was just a lot to process. So I, this is why I, I wanted to talk this through with our weekly therapy sessions. That is the stuff summer since podcast. <laughs> um, so let's get to the, the hot topic, the officiating. Did you catch the, the punt situation? Did you catch it live? Cause I did. What the through the downs, the downs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, there's not, it's tougher for me where we're at sometimes to pay attention because we're up the last row. But yeah, they, they were clearly, we were missing a play, right? Yeah. But that wasn't, I can, I don't know that I can see how that happens. I, I think the, the worst was the, 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 the grounding. Like I just didn't, I didn't get that one at all. The, um, the, the non-call or yeah, the, the, non, the, the non-call, not the call. Right. The non-call. Okay. The, not, yeah, not the, the, the one on Penn State. Right. Yeah. I didn't understand that. I really didn't understand that one because there was nobody in the area. It was to really no one. He was clearly out of the tackle box. And I just, I don't know. I thought that was a. Okay. No, they had, I mean, and that games like this with officials are the, are the reasons why when people talk about intent with targeting, who do they think is going to judge that after seeing this? Yeah. I mean, I just don't want to give anybody any more license to, to be an idiot than we have to. That's fair. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it should always be a different qualification. We're going to go into it. What did you think of the targeting call? Because that happened. That's your end zone, right? I didn't see it yeah, very it's, well. From it's our end zone. Our high. It looked like it almost looked like the way he flipped that he hit him with his back. And, and having seen the replays on the on the rewatching it last night, it was early this morning, whenever I watched it. Like that one was borderline. Like, I mean, I, I felt like he tried, I felt like he tried shoulder pad more than helmet. It was one of those to me, like, what do you do? Like the, what else can you do in that situation? He, he's not going in to make a targeting hit type hit. Um, same thing with like, I think it was the Ellis Brooks hit in Wisconsin. Like he's not going in to make a targeting hit. It's just a bad collision. And I think that's why you need almost grades on it. Like, like, 
if you guy clearly launches at him, okay, then he gets disqualified. But something like that, he shouldn't have to sit out for two hours. Yeah, no, and I, I don't know that I thought it was a penalty, but I don't think he should sit out. But it, I understand why the rule is there. And if I'm going to get it for our guys, then I'm okay with it for their guys. Do you think that somebody – I've read a couple takes about this over the week, and I just want to see how you feel about it. Do you think that there should be – like? like that should have been a Mac refereed game or a Pac-12 refereed game. And, and then, then that SEC crew goes to a, to a Pac-12 game. Like, do you think that's what it should be? Like, I, I truly don't believe that there's any bias there in terms of conference. I think that's just kind of ludicrous. I do think that there are official officiating crews that are worse than other officiating crews. Um, certainly. But I don't know. I uh, Do you think that that's what it should be? Do you think there should be some type of reform there? No, I'm comfortable with the visiting team's officials coming. Like, I'm, I mean, and, and visiting teams possessive, but they're really not. Like, I just think this, that crew was awful. And I think the Big Ten has them too. And when you see a certain guy who's the referee for a team, you're like a referee for an officiating crew, you're like, oh, this is going to be a Saturday. Um, and, and you know who they are in the Big Ten. Um, and I don't see enough SEC games to know if these guys are any good or that I've seen them, but I don't remember seeing this crew – work a bunch of Alabama games, like the games that I see on national TV. Um, but no, I don't think you need neutral officials. You just need good officials. And this crew wasn't really yeah, good. I, I think that's really where it, what it boils down to. Um, all right. Uh, anything else you want to add about the officiating? Mm-hmm. No, no. Bad enough. it was yeah. not enough, more than enough. All right. Um, are you excited for Saturday? I am, but oh, go ahead. Yes, yeah. I'll say yes. Go ahead. No, I thought we were going to your downtown experience. No, we're getting downtown. there. We're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. I just was I'm thrilled for Saturday. The game's yeah. going to kick off at noon. I'm going to be home by like 4.30 watching some other games. Do you think you'll make it through the third, the, the fourth quarter? Uh, it depends on what the score is. Oh, God. This child is going to leave the game. <laughs> Usually we, when they were bad, when they were bad in the early 2000s, you know, and they were losing by like 14 or 21, I, mean, I would be looking to Susan at like it's 21 points now. They're not coming back. Like, can we go? So I'm a horrible fan. She's a great fan, but whatever. Oh Poor Susan. Poor Susan. She's, I know. It's it's her hard earned money. Cross too, she has Steve. to bear. Exactly. It is. I know. I'm horrible. All right. Um, so on Sunday after the game, drove back up to State College since it's only a half hour away or so. And I hadn't been downtown in quite a while, probably since. I don't know, pre-pandemic, probably the last football game in 2019. Um, and a couple things stuck out to me. Number one, of course, the very tall buildings, um, still like very uncomfortable to see. Um, even even uh, we went uh, up university there where Burger King used to be. And there's that, there's a taller, it's not a high rise, but it's a taller building now. That was like weird because that the Sutton court was where Anna lived. So like that, we spent a lot of time in that neighborhood. Uh, so that was weird. And, but even coming through some of the other parts of downtown, still just weird, feels weird to see tall structures in state college. But the, the other weird thing to me was the NIL stuff. And I don't know if it maybe was the lack of it or whatever, but I just was kind of surprised that, there wasn't more stuff downtown. We went into family clothesline, student bookstore, McClanahan's, um, and Lion and Cub. 
And I only saw stuff related to players uh, uh, at Family Clothesline. Or I'm sorry, at uh, McClanahan's. And that was the only place I saw it. And it was a Sean Clifford uh, jersey. And I think there was a Caden Wallace jersey there too. Um, And it's just, it was surprising to me for how big of a splash all this NIL stuff has been that, you know, there wasn't that much stuff. And I know that sounds weird to say, um, but maybe, and maybe it's just as my reaction is, is I don't mean it in a negative way, but maybe it is like, did all of these people that were anti NIL stuff just like over totally overreact? Like, I think that's what, what I'm starting to think and realize. And that was kind of an affirmation of that on Saturday. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think there's a huge market for all that stuff. There's one or two guys and there's a couple of deals with burger joints, like in Belfont. I think the field has like a couple too. Yeah. I know. I I think, you know, the market's going to find its level for that kind of stuff. And there, there's, again, I would love to know, and I don't know who to ask. And who would have gone? I would love to know what the turnout was for Clifford's post-game tailgate after the first game. You know, who's paying the 80 bucks to go do that? But there aren't a lot of T-shirt deals. There aren't like a lot of, hey, I'm going to go do this kind of thing and show up. And there's no car dealerships. There's no gyms for the most part, at least that, that I'm aware of. And again, maybe the maybe they're, they're promoting it on social media and somebody else is following them. But yeah, I think, I, I'm not. I think one of the linemen have a has a a car deal type thing with maybe Ford to have a truck or something yeah, like that. Something like that. But it's not like everybody's got some deal. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I was just kind of surprised by that for how big of a deal we've, we have made it out to be. It did not seem like a very big deal downtown. No, that's um, but boy, was stuff picked over though. And I don't know if some of that's just all the supply chain issues going on in the country um, slash being there on Sunday after really three straight days of people going into every store and buying everything. Family clothesline didn't have much. McClanahan's didn't have much left in it. Um, it was kind of, so it was kind of funny and interesting to see, uh, see that. Um, well, there were a lot of bags that walked by us. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people from Clemson bought stuff, a lot of Penn State. I mean, I saw more, I felt, it felt like I saw more bags walking back from downtown on Saturday than on other Saturdays. And it was a long day and it had been Yeah, I think days. that helps. Downtown was crazy, you know, Friday, people were in Thursday. So yeah, I think by Sunday, I'm not surprised it was picked over a little bit for stuff. Um, you know, and the other thing that I'm still surprised at is jerseys have not really made a big return yet. Like no. the, and I, 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 that's the one that I keep waiting on. Um, Cause I think that's the going to be, I really think there's a lot of money there because I mean, growing up, you would, every year you would go downtown and you would buy a new jersey like at least if you were a kid um and i'm sure you probably bought your daughters plenty of those jerseys um because i've got like five or six of them of their every oh your mother loved you more than we loved our kids sam had one i don't think danny had one you had to live with it once you got larry johnson's five you had better hope the next number five was halfway decent (laughs) it's always funny to like like, all right, we had one of those experiences this weekend. So there's these new magnets that are out and about downtown. Um, and they're like, a, it says like distinguished letterman. And then it's got like the number and it's like wood carved. And we, we bought one for that was 22, which is obviously very clearly for John Capaletti. But for us, it was not for John Capaletti. It was for Akil Lynch because he's our favorite, was our favorite player as a student. So, but it, it's always funny when like, I like look at like, I've got a, 
I, I got an 11 jersey that was probably a maybe a Tony Johnson. Did Tony Johnson wear 11? And it then became uh, it then became a Matt McGloin jersey, and then it then it became a Micah Parsons jersey, so to speak. You've got number six jerseys that have kind of gone through it all, and number three is another jersey that I have that is or no number two. I'm sorry because of Derek Williams. Um, because that was, I feel like that there's a lot of number two jerseys floating down the belt. Um, yeah, and I think there was a there was because he came in at a time that that was good, but there was always somebody they can apply to. But no, we didn't have, I think they had, I mean, Danny might have had one. Sam had LJ's five, and that was it. Um, and wore that for a while. I actually ended up getting it signed by him at one point. So now it's, we have it, we framed it. So, um, and you're off the hook for the thing I was going to talk about because I thought you, I forgot and got to the game late. I thought you were downtown and then you were talking about the stuff you bought at the creamery. And I'm like, well, you had to walk by, but you didn't eat that no. Sunday. So no, that was Sunday, Steve. So, so what was, I, what was the I do want to get to the creamery buys. So I decided to try the whiteout ice cream and it is bizarre. It tastes exactly like popcorn to the point where it kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I got to a point where I was like, I can't eat this anymore because I'm so full off of the popcorn taste. Uh, but it was good. It was good. Creamery is still not at its full level of capacity in terms of ice cream back again on the, the, the hand dip, which kind of bums me out. Um, but um, I also, well, I didn't get it. My mom bought it and then she gave it to me. I got some beef jerky. It is called, hold on, let me, I tweeted about it because it was that good. Uh, it is called the Butcher Block at Penn State Farmhouse Hickory Jerky. Steve, this is the best beef jerky I have ever had. This is not a paid endorsement by the Creamery. It is so good. It's it's a little pricey. It's like $9 a bag, but I'm telling you, you need to just stop in there and get a bag of this beef jerky. It's well, right I'll on the rack. Saturday with my chocolate milk because I always get my chocolate milk there. So I'll check out the, the, the Butcher Block. It's, it's the... It's the Butcher Block at Penn State, and then it's Farmhouse Hickory Jerky. Farmhouse Hickory Jerky, okay. Um, I'm telling you, you have to try it. It was the, some of the most tender, perfect beef jerky I've ever had. I have to get a couple bags, because two games from now, it's going to be a long wait. I'm going to need something to eat during the day. Look at that. That's called a segue. Um, Steve, you got very excited. Um, I, I Let's read a text. This one goes to the text conversation. Scale of one to ten, how happy are you about a 7.30 Indiana kick? Steve replies back, negative 10. Need a ticket? Question mark. Steve, are you going to go to the Indiana game? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, 7.30 is just a long this – is a, this is a made-for-TV piece of silliness because Indiana got lucky and won a game last year. Do you, um, do you think that's what it is? That's part of it. It's also part of the price I of being really good. It's also part of the price of being really good. Oh no, no! This is the, this is uh, local media here have already tweeted and stuff. Wait for the revenge game. This is the revenge game. Like people are the Penn State fans. Oh God, no! This is a revenge game against a team that doesn't matter, and there shouldn't be revenge for because this is their once every decade year they got last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think this is the price for being good though. Like this is the price for being close to elite. Alabama plays a couple night games a year. Other people do. If you want your program to be really good, you're going to have a couple of these. And yeah, I'm just not in love with 730 games. Hell, I don't like 330 games. So Uh, we'll see. I kind of thought that was my more thought process on it was Penn State is now a top 10 program. 
as long as everything goes right this weekend, <laughs> my God, if something goes that wrong, um, you know, they'll still be a top 10 program, depending on what Iowa does. Iowa plays. I got my, I've got my helmet schedule here. Uh, hold on. Iowa plays, they play Colorado state. So I don't think any, they're going to really jump up or are they at home against Colorado state or are they at Colorado? They're, state? they're home. Against okay. Colorado state. Um, so I, I don't anticipate any wild changes in the, the standings rankings. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of sort of think this is what happens when you, and I, 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 I don't even think it's a culmination of just this year. I think it's a culmination of let's remove last year. Cause it was weird, but the last three, four years, like, I think, I think this is just going to start happening more often. And I think, I think the other thing to think about is I think this is going to start happening more often because of the way the role that Fox plays in all of this. If ABC is picking up a Penn state game at this point is getting a chances are it's going to be a three 30 or the night game. And because Fox is always going to have the noon game and they're, they're probably not going to want to force like those two to compete off of that. And that's why I think the Iowa game is going to be at noon because Fox already has the rights to that game. Not that they can't trade it away, but I think that's a noon kick, big noon kick. And I just think this is all going to kind of start happening more often. Like next year, there's going to be a, uh, maybe a Rutgers game that's at, at night or, or, you know, certainly obviously that Auburn game is going to be at night again, I would assume. Um, but some of these other teams that wouldn't necessarily get a night game against probably are going to be a night game. And it, I think the other thing is, like I said to you, I really thought that this Villanova game was going to be at night. Um, well, there's still time for that to happen. That's the problem. There's still time for like some weird, you know, one of these other conference games, you know, well, I guess Illinois noon no matter what, but there's no still, Villanova, not Illinois. No, but I'm saying Villanova noon this time. There's oh, still yeah. Villanois. Yeah. And people watch, I mean, for the Fox thing, they're going to want the noon game. If that's their game against Iowa, they had, there were 5.4 million viewers for, for Wisconsin. It was the third biggest game of the, the opening weekend. Right. And it was a good number for Penn state. So, and it'll be interesting to see when the numbers come out for Penn state this past weekend yeah. on ABC. So, yeah, I, I mean, I know it's the price of being good. I'm just, you know, I'll probably have to take a nap somewhere along the time so I can stay awake. Are you a car napper or do you like to nap out like in a chair when you tailgate? Chair. Oh, God, chair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. We've got it. We, at our tailgate, we've got some people that like to go into the car and take a little snooze. Some people that just sit sit back in the chair and just kind of doze off. But you yeah. seem like you're a good type of guy that naps at the tailgate. If I can, but sometimes it doesn't happen. All right. Well, if, if Steve's tailgating crew is listening to this podcast, please let him sleep so he can he's not grumpy and can stay for the I, whole Indian. I don't game. think that'll affect it. I can be grumpy sleep or not. Um, I will say one thing that I am not excited about, and then we'll move on, uh, getting back out of the game on. I, I just want to share my experience because I've heard a lot of other people having this experience. We did not get back to Altoona until, and it's a, we didn't hit any traffic once we got on 99 or even got out of the, the parking lot. Um, we didn't get back to Altoona until about 1.50 in the morning. And I think I have to do something about. I mean, did not people, have people working the lots or what? People did not move. Like, like there was a car parked in, fr- or parked in front of us, quote unquote, parked in front of us that sat there from the time I got back to the car, which was pretty much right after the game until 1230. Like, I'm like, why are you trying to like, even like leave right now? I, I don't know if it was, I mean, I know you park in a different 
place, but I don't know about on that side of the stadium, it was better or worse. It was not great on our Yeah, I think you probably have shared pain for a lot of people. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's probably true. So, And I don't know what you would do to make it better, but I mean – that's a that's what made this that's what made this weekend rough is is you're you're tired you're, you want to go home and and you can't go home yeah no that's the thing right like it's just a long day so long night then anyways all right um anything else you want to talk about penn state related or are you ready to move on to old i'm ready for the next game and the one after that so but i'm right. done talking about it, I guess. all right um Okay, young guy your idea this week did you have an experience that you want to share or or is this just a curiosity this was just a curiosity. Um, so, Steve, you ask about Venmo. Uh, do you use Venmo? No, I do not. If I use it, I use it secondhand. I will pay the daughter that has it, and she will process it with someone else. How do you send money? Um, you got a check the last time I paid you, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I just don't do Venmo, PayPal. I do it. Now, that said, I'll shop online to the cows come home. Right? You're like comfortable I, with doing that. I am. Are you a... But it's a credit card. Like Venmo's tied to my account that is my actual checking account, right? So if something goes south, that's my actual checking account. So that's my hesitation. I think we may have asked about this one before. Are you a like a touchless payment guy? Like do your cards have the touchless payment on it? They do. Yeah, I think so. Do you and use I, it? I, yeah, I probably would. Although I was bitching about the chip when it first started a couple of you years don't, ago too. So, so you probably would. You don't use it currently. Is what I don't because I'm not sure. I got one card, right? I got two cards. So like if they use it, great. If they don't use it, I'm probably sliding in the machine. I probably don't know that it's touchless. Um, what about you? You're a Venmo guy. Yeah, we use Venmo. We paid our, our rent in Venmo. Okay. Um, when we, in our previous place, because we had like private landlords. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the way we send money, our, us kids. No, that's what, I, and that's what I'll do. Like, again, I have the kid who's our youth director has it, right? So if we're paying something for youth, I'll be like, hey, Sam, here's some money. Give it to whatever. Although he's local, so I probably don't do it with him. I may give him cash and that may freak him out. What do I do with this stuff? Um, so. when we've, we've discussed cash before. I I mean, I very rarely, rarely carry cash on me. Very rarely. I have a little more, not a, little, a lot, but I've tried like football weekends. I try to have it just because I don't know. Like what's going to come up or what I'm going to be wandering by somewhere and need something. So, yeah, but not a Venmo guy in general. All right. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to? Nope. I'm going to get a nap in so I can get some time build up before those games start coming. Okay. Maybe you should like start regimenting, like a, like training for a marathon. I should be like getting ready for time zones, like getting my sleep habits yeah. switched. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's what you can do. <laughs> All right. I'm out of here. Um, Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Stuff Summer Says. Yours is? At Steve Sampson. Uh, we've got an email at Stuff Summer Says Podcast at gmail.com. We've got, um, oh, well, we don't have anything, but we would like you to rate us five stars on the various podcasting apps. Uh, and we appreciate anybody who has done that. Was again looking at the numbers, and I am still absolutely astounded that people listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I've met some loyal listeners. I had somebody come to the tailgate and ask if you were coming to the tailgate. Oh my gosh. Guy, uh, does he come here and tailgate? So, uh, so you know, yes. maybe for that, uh, maybe, maybe for that Indiana game, I'll make an appearance. Oh, that's true. I said, I day. said I would swing by after the Vill- Villanova game and you're like, Nope, I'll be out of there. I'll be, be out of there. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Cause you leave 
but we got all day for any that would that would make it worthwhile that would make the day worthwhile so there we go we should probably figure that out all right so we'll we'll trot on over that way but i i probably want some of this beef jerky again it is hickory farmhouse hickory jerky you have to get it it's the best beef jerky i've ever had preach there you go goodbye